You're listening to the World Football Programme with all the latest updates from both local and international football. To the World Football Program Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. A lovely Saturday morning. Had all the rain last night. Now the sun's come out just for all the football to start the weekend. Good morning, everyone, and good morning, Hugh. Good morning, Penn. Thanks for having me. Morning, listeners. How are we all? Uh, well, I know that looking at you, mate, um, bright. Man, that's a lot of energy happening there. Red, yellow, Kerr number four. That's my Sam Kerr shirt. Number four. Yeah, yeah. Flash. What's that? New York Flash. Ah, nice work. Holy cow. Western New York Flash. Yeah. How did you get a hold of that shirt? <laughs> Those that know me know he's got a shirt for every occasion. This one, I... Uh... Bit of an online shopper, are you, Hugh? No, I went to their website. Follow Sam Kerr. You know, you follow the superstars wherever they go, whatever colour they're in. And it's a nice shirt, isn't it? It's a beauty. Very pink and black. Melville would be very proud of you. Damn it. Damn it! I should have worn a different shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and I, of course, am wearing my Mum FC Melville cap and uh, World Football shirt. But uh, I pale in comparison to Hugh, I'm afraid, this morning, everyone. Yeah, no, no. My, my World Football shirt is in the wash because I wore it uh, on an official engagement at the Glory on Wednesday night. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, we're still sitting on the bottom of mm. the table after that official engagement. Well, they yeah, they played quite well. I... I, I you know, some of those shots, specifically uh, Pacific in particular, played a, a sensational game. Some of those shots just wide. Um, you know, the result on paper doesn't look great. The performance on the grass, which is where it counts, was was pleasing to see. Um, Mr Zadkovic finished with uh, seven under or 23 eligible players, under 23 eligible players on the uh, on the field at the end of the game. Um, but as I said, I was a little bit disappointed that Cameron Cook wasn't in the starting lineup. 
And it's, as you would know, Penn, it's very unusual for a goalkeeper to be substituted into the game. Yep. So once he started on the bench, I thought, mm, that's that's slightly disappointing. Um, I don't think Liam Reddy at, at any point could be blamed for the goal. It was a pretty pretty well-taken shot. But, um, yeah, I would have thought a, a keeper towards the end of his career um, should have been maybe, maybe on the bench. Well, a young up-and-coming keeper who is at the beginning of his career needs the experience and uh, and the gameplay minutes. But that's just my thought. So I'm not I'm not the coach of glory, so I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't be able to make those sorts of decisions. But Zatkovich was was promoted from within the club. Everybody took a step up. I would have thought that um, with nothing left to play for for the season, apart from maybe not finishing bottom. Uh, move everybody else up as well, including the playing staff. Well, we do have a lot to talk about this morning. We and, do indeed. Uh, the guests for this morning's show include Andy Arena from Vic Park Victory, Dan Evans, Swan United, Neil Bennett, Beyond 90 sports writer, Mick Owens, Michael Owens, uh, who's got a lot of bows in his uh, portfolio, <laughs> yeah. actually, um, inclusive football. So a WA para coach, John Nella Jr.'s vice president, United Reds, Football, uh, we'll ask him about all of those things and uh, how it impacts on the local football scene here and and wider environments. And we'll have a chat with Derek Pollock, who's our local West Aussie football pundit about World Cup qualifiers, international football coming to Australia, which is uh, pretty exciting at the end of the A-League season, which is uh, coming up in the next uh, two or three or four months. So lots of good things to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. and... Mm. The Matildas with the result last night, that was... Yeah, yeah uh, it was by the hair of your chinny-chin-chin chin, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Um, I don't think that we we showed our best uh, football, but keeping in mind that players did come from all these places all around yeah. the world um, to get there within the last 48 hours That's before right. the game, yeah, within yeah. 48 hours of kickoff. So that would have been a tough gig, a gig to fly so far and then hop on the pitch and perform your best. I mm. get that. So it well done to the Matildas. Um, we're hosting the Women's World Cup, so yep. we've got to be on our best game. We've got to oh, exactly. be seen to be looking like world beaters. Yep, and, and that was the case with the uh, the Silver Ferns. They, uh, they also um, don't have the qualification process that would normally be in the World Cup cycle, so they yep. also need to look like world beaters. They, they would have the same expectations um, as Australia. To, to go deep into the competition. You know what I would have liked to have seen last night is I, I saw that the uh, New Zealand defence was very compact. They yep. were stopping our uh, uh, strikers from doing what they normally do, which I thought was fantastic of them. And our strikers were just trying to knock on the door, knock on the door, knock on the door, put the yeah. ball wide, bring it back in. It was trying everything we could. I would have liked to have seen the New Zealand defence and the Australian attack in one team <laughs> against Whoa. someone. That yeah. was oh, that would actually be quite a good combination. Yep. But anyway, that was just my thoughts. And look, we have to say a great big thank you to everybody listening in this morning. Yes. Um, if you don't get a chance to listen to the whole show, go to the World Football Program website with a double M-E on it. It's got podcasts. It's got the live on air little button there too. <laughs> and it's also got links to news feeds, uh, football here yep. and there. It's that so, easy. I can use it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my 15-year-old has to teach me how to do stuff like that. But we have good people like Nick Templeman, which is Miranda's dad, helping us set all those things up. So good on you, everybody, for helping with that. Um, a big thank you to Futsal WA. Uh, biggest and best futsal competition in Perth is absolutely massive, especially through the northern suburbs and is growing. 
Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for custom-built fencing and gates and Gain Fence Hardware WA for all the bits and pieces you want to do to build your fences and gates yourself and automation. We're going to go to a break and we're going to come back very shortly and have a chat to Andy Arena. This is Penn and Hugh on the World Football Program. Thank you for listening in. You're listening to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. We are proud to be the longest-running football show on radio in Australia. Join myself, Penny Tannerhoth, Pete Skeller, Sean Kelly and Hugh Best every Saturday morning in the 10am to noon space. You will hear football conversations with a range of guests and gurus. The show lands as a podcast on our website and you can subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening in to the World Football Program. West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport at all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies, and elite club competitions and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at futsalwa.org.au or via our website www.futsalwa.org.au Oswest Fencing and Rotine is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Rotine. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Welcome back to the World Football Program. I love Roy Orbison. He's got such a sweet voice. Yep, He's yep. up there with Elvis Presley as far as I'm concerned. Oh, he, well, he shared the stage with Elvis on more than a few occasions during his career. Yeah, they, they were sensational. Mm. Yes, yep, enduring. Even my daughter liked Elvis Presley. How's that? She's Turn 15. I know. <laughs> Andy, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Ben. Morning, Hugh. Morning, mate. Uh, Elvis Presley, yes, no? <laughs> uh, big yes. Where would you have him playing? Playing as a striker or, or centre midfield? Well, 
striker in his early years. Yeah. And, uh, goalkeeper, goalkeeper when uh, towards the end. Yeah. yeah. He, he had, he had five aside. Five aside goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Five aside keeper. Yeah. Good very, work. Very enduring. Andy, um, Vic Park uh, victory. How are they kicking off for the year? How's it looking in terms of growth and resources and numbers and all that kind of thing? Yeah, we're um, Victoria Park. A, a great area. It, it's growing and growing, and um, you know it's not just us that are seeing the numbers, but you know, our junior program is heading its fourth year, um, and we're adding another twenty five percent growth um, to to that space this year, um, which is on top of I think it was close to forty percent last year. So just getting um, bigger and bigger there, and and you know the word of mouth in kids is. Is incredible, you know. You uh, you end up having one kid at training, and then they brought along two kids the next training, and they brought another two kids. Uh, so that's how's, really how's the green space there? Because you're in a very established residential area, yeah. and um, besides knocking down houses and buildings to to get the grass, you just got to you know use what there is there. How's the um, local government supporting the club's growth? Yeah, so we we've moved from our one pitch. Um, grounds at, at Parnham Park. So Parnham was was only one senior pitch. Um, we squeezed a couple of mini roos pitches on there, but, but that was um, um, really not practical for all the sprinkler covers, covers there and, and everything. So we moved grounds last year. We moved to Harold Rossiter, that um, the old Shamrocks ground um, out near Kent Street High School. So um, that's better. That has two full senior pitches plus a big cricket oval so um during winter we we stamp uh two or three mini roos pitches out in the cricket pitch and uh and have the seniors do their thing on the senior pitches and yeah that's working well for us the only drawback we have there is light so we're still Mm. um amassing some money from uh local state and federal government to uh, fund some, some light lighting for the area, but um, that's hoping to come in next year. So next year we'll, uh, we'll be well established to, um, to move even, grow even further. Now we know next year is a Women's World Cup year, Australia and New Zealand jointly hosting it across the two countries. How is that impacting on your club and those things that you said that you needed to, you know, build up the infrastructure to house numbers. Yeah. Is part of the growth being about girls' football? Is that uh, balanced with, with the male side of it or is it more? Worth? No, no, not really. Um, we, we've still... The growth in, in the uh, women and girls is, is pretty much um, being steady. Um, you know, we we have, though, this year gone and um, um, started our first girls-only um Team in the in the juniors, the so junior under twelves will be Vic uh, Park's first um, all girls team. Excellent. So they're going to compete um, this year in the mixed league. So, and a lot of them, you're talking about the majority of that team being non-footballers, just coming from other sports. Um, and so, that's been pleasing. That that you know, it's a, it's a tricky um, bracket. The you know, the preteen and teen. <laughs> Girls has always been a, a tricky teen, one to keep in. Te- teen is tricky. Teen is definitely yeah. tricky. Yep. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm smack bang, bang in that Not space now, coaching and mum-wise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's been good. So we're really pleased with that. Um, on the flip side of that, been really disappointed with our promotion on the uh, Women's World Cup next year. It, yeah, you great wouldn't comments. even know it's happening, really. Yep. Um, that, you know, that's been so bad. I, um, you know, it, I think it's been promoted more by by us and local clubs more than the you know the the big prom- promotion houses that should be promoting it. So, but hang on really. a second here. The Matildas played last night over East, and I did notice yesterday. I flicked the television on, and before I went to work, so sometime in the eight to ten a.m. space, there was a Matildas show on. On uh, it must have yeah. been ten. Surely must have been ten for about half an hour. And they were just talking about a preview for the game and the Matildas, and I thought. Ooh, that's good. I didn't know about yeah. that, and that's really nice. Yes, and I hope they do that more regularly on free to well, football. Yeah, I think that's exactly what Andy's talking about. <clears throat> that, that sort of yeah. promotion with with the amount of to throw it on Paramount. I mean, that that's their soccer vehicle. Throw it on there, you know. Make it make it a regular. But Every- I, I want to see it thrown in more places because isn't a World Cup? Well, if you talk about FIFA World Cup. We're talking about the highest participated yep. and recognised and mm. probably media splashy event in the entire universe. So here we are having a Women's World Cup here. It's going to bring tourism. Yep. It's going to bring money. It's going to bring increasing in economy, numbers to the game and all that kind of thing. So get out there and promote it. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it, it, as you say, when it becomes such an international um, event, I'm not sure about the universe, Ben, but... <laughs> such an um, international event, it becomes more than a soccer uh, tournament. You know, it's it's crazy that the government, um, you know, the state government aren't promoting it and, and federal governments aren't promoting it. You know, it, this is, as you say, it, it reaches out into more things than just the soccer tournament. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, really. I mean, it's... Yeah, there's more promotion on um, on an Eagles and Frio game. Um, yeah. Happening and, yep. You know? yep. I think um, that's the immediacy of, of the media. Uh, we, we are now yeah. seeing more and more promotion of a particular Middle Eastern country that has the World Cup coming up, uh, and that's only just started. So it could be that they're banking their funds and waiting to hit big time because then they really are not trying to promote, well, they should be, but they're not trying to target Australians for this event. So it could possibly be that the money is being spent overseas Mm. to promote the tourism that we don't get to see. Mm. Possibly. I don't know. Mm. And it's a shame because, you know, really, um, you know, you start to get the the kids uh, involved this year, then Mm. you've already got that momentum oh, yeah. leading into yeah. next year. You know, this 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 last few months would have been perfect time to exactly. promote it yep. and get yep. kids into yep. the sport. Yeah, because next year when the World Cup is actually here in Australia and we have teams here in Perth, because yes, we we're talking June, July when the event is happening, so the season's already underway, but then... Yep. Activities you would hope would be ramped up totally from the start of next year through to that period. So players that are already caught here, uh, recognising, um, you know, they're being educated and recognising who those uh, players are going to be, where those things are going to be. There, if events are going to happen where clubs need to 
have ball girls or ball boys or whatever yeah. it is, then they're already in the system mm. to. Yeah. Rent, so, yeah. But then again, you know, it is twelve months away. It's a you know, it costs money to put a budget together for a media campaign yeah. and blah blah blah. I, I mean, think. we're excited about it, but we, yeah. we've known about it for the last forever. Yeah, you know, that's as soon right. as soon as yeah. we, we we knew yeah. about it, we were banging the drum. Uh, yeah. Not just you know, we the the world yeah, football but, program, yeah, but I'm, we as as football fans. Yeah, but I'm I'm sort of taking a step further. It's not for me. I'm I'm not having a go at the promotion of the event. You know, I, I, I agree with you that they're probably holding back on some things within Australia. But it's more about um, you know our Matildas are competing. Yeah, um, our Matildas are hosting. Um, you know, and yet the even the promotion for yesterday's game, mm-hmm. like where was that? You know, um, yeah, I asked my girls at the club and, and, and the boys as well, you know, name name some um, Matildas players, you know, and outside of Kerr, you know, there's probably two names that get mentioned and, you know, that's crazy, you know. Yeah. Actually, actually that's... McKen- I- Mackenzie Arnold? Was, 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 was Mackenzie one of them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah brilliant. Yeah, besides, besides Arnold and, you know, you got Keeper, you got... Um, Ellie Carpenter? Uh, was third. No, third no? on the list surprised me was, uh, or not, didn't surprise me in the end, was... Um, Lisa Devana? Uh, no, our, um, strike, our Forgotten. little tiny striker. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Ford. Caitlin uh, Ford. Doug, 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 Doug Stingill. Um, oh, um... Uh, oh! <laughs> I'm doing the other the same thing oh, thank, thank you. Moving on now. Okay, you're talking Moving about the, the, yes. the centre midfielder who's just come into the squad in the last yes. six months. Um, Mary, yes. Mary Foley? Great. Yeah. Fowler, yeah. Fowler. 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 Sorry. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. 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 yeah, the kids yeah. are doing better than us. Yeah, um, yeah, Fowler, you know, a great. Um, but again, she she plays a lot of the way that that the boys like to play. You know, this attacking mid sort of uh, role, and yep. you know, so probably why they why they recognise the players because they yep. you know, identify with them. But but still, you know, these guys should be billboards in shopping centres. Yes, and, you know, um, certainly at soccer clubs, we yeah, we're bad internally promoting our own club, let alone, um, you know, um, outside of that, yeah, our state glory and our um, national Matildas should be in every club, mm. you know. And um, I'm not just saying girls, it's saying because the World Cup's coming up. But, yep. you know, and last time the World Cup came round, Football West were, were quite good and they sent round a whole bunch of posters to, you know, get the clubs promoting they it. There were billboards. Um, I, I thought remember. that was good. Mm. Yeah. I remember going past one at Bayswater Oval on the corner you of really Garrett Road and there was a massive, I'm like, whoa, did I just see Sam Kerr that size? Cool. <laughs> Everybody would have seen that. I was very impressed. Now, I have to say that the junior fixes all start this weekend and uh, Football West must be tearing their hair out. Everybody must be manic and working overtime with getting more than 200 yeah. teams that have registered this year, like plus... Uh, last year, so 200-plus teams. That's amazing. Yep. Um, so I don't know how many that equals all up that they have to manage to get up and running, but I, I think that's the last of all the fixes that will kick off this weekend. I think all the other senior competitions have, have kicked off. Um, and I'm just no, saying I think Metro, Metro's, Metro's starting this week too. Is so. it? Okay, wow, wow. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I say to everybody, go to footballwest.com.au or sports TG or whatever it is and keep your finger on the pulse up to the minute because there's been yes. fixture changes, yeah, there's oh, buys yeah. being put yeah. in and then it's been changed back again. Yeah. So just make we sure just, before just you go to the game, look at the fixture. Yeah. <laughs> We've just contacted two clubs this 
morning to uh, to uh, yeah, say ignore the uh, pictures up there at the moment. That's um, <laughs> that this is what it will be. Um, Actually, that's, rare, that's West, how do you do that, Andy? How do you contact the other you, clubs? You're 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 old enough in the soccer game to in WA to remember we used to have that that beautiful club directory. Yes, and you went on the club directory. Yes, you looked up. Oh, Have you updated it all there. those decades ago until now, Andy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's their colours, here's yeah. their contacts. Yeah. Yeah. And some clubs are quite good in keeping their website up to date, but um, yes. you know, the majority of clubs don't don't have that capability and I must admit know, I've got a whole heap of emails and phone calls and messages this week saying um, Penny do you have the contact number for this yeah. club or do you, can you give me a contact somewhere that I can get contact for, for this third <laughs> team or the fourth team and I'm like wow yeah. they're asking me yeah. because they can't find it on a website or a club contact page oh, I mean Easy enough. I don't know whether uh, Andy had a, any hand in that but I just typed in Victoria Park Came up. Yes. There, there's the lovely, the lovely <laughs> Becky at the front there what an with, uh, with her Coach of the Year award. Good on. Uh, actually, that's a good point. Uh, how many uh, teams has uh, Becky juggling this year? Yeah, because last time she was doing yeah, she four. Normally, three? She four? normally, yeah, she normally juggles the, all the all the men. And thankfully, we've um, we got the whip out on her this year to say, you know, you need more um, more assistance. So yep. thankfully, this year she's. Dedicating with the with the men, she won the division one with the men last she did. year. Was yeah. Fantastic effort, um, considering she was coaching two other teams as well. <laughs> but this year she's um, still running training, but but game day she's focusing on on her um, div ones. But Good. yeah, she she does a massive effort at the club. Can I give a shout out to Aki Young, that who'd been working with me for a while, <laughs> is totally full of sass, and I love that spirit. So hi Aki <laughs> and hi Becky. <laughs> Yeah, and Aki, you know, you you know Aki, but Aki is um, is a common attitude in our in our club. You Love know, it. You'll see a lot of the guys like that. So it was no surprise that we took away the um, the top billing of uh, Div One last year because you know the the attitude of those guys was amazing. And, you know, they they brought it onto the pitch and. Um, had a fantastic effort and a fantastic season. So, Good. Love that. Yeah. Love to well hear done. about the, the team spirit and, and the bonding and all that. Now, before we let you go, the Australian Masters game is happening here in Perth. However, like the Football no. West fixtures changing, mm. there has been withdrawals of uh, some yeah. teams in the, and the women's competition is, I think, over 35 or over 40s is no longer. They've withdrawn those leagues and some of the men as well. So keep an eye on those fixtures. If you've registered, they they postpone them twice. And then, um, yeah, they've so Australian yeah. Masters Games is happening at UWA's ground and it's the football component yeah. is being run by Football West. Mm. Yeah. And, and again, that's, that's another, you know, uh, WA uh, for, for years will known as the sleepy town and um and it really annoyed me because it wasn't it was just the fact that we're really bad at promoting things yeah. you know the things are happening but we're not uh, very good at promoting that but yeah. you know football is on the increase walking football yep. is on the increase yep. Yep. um and again you know the promotion of of these other events we have guys turning up for on uh rego day to say you know um join your masters team that so, will you know, the um, but I'm you know 68, and uh, you know I'm not going to keep up with these um, with these youngins, and uh, and they didn't, they were totally unaware of walking football, totally unaware of how big football was, you know. So, you know that that's a bit 
yes. disappointing as well. Oh, it's we a lifetime journey now, isn't it, Andy? From, yeah. the, yes. from as soon as you can get a football mini, at your feet, there's something happening. Football. Yep, yeah. it's just there's amazing. There's a game for everyone, as they yeah. everyone used to tell me. There's a game for everyone except for you, Huey. You can't referee here. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Andy, and if you, yeah, and if you see the way I play, then I, I pretty well play consistently um, from from when you know the, my skill level at four and my skill level at ninety will be pretty consistent throughout my life. I think. <laughs> Andy, it's been fantastic having a chat with you. Thanks for joining us this morning, and uh, enjoy your football. And hope everyone in your family is safe and gets out and enjoys that sunshine this weekend. Thank you very much, and I uh, hope everyone's heart's beating a bit normally after that. Um, Late, 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 late. Yeah, yeah, oh my yeah. God, yes. All right. Good <laughs> on you, Andy. How, I don't know how that wasn't five now at half time, honestly, but anyway. Yeah. 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 Go Matildas. Yeah. yeah, see you, Andy. Ta-da, mate. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. That was uh, Andy Arena, who's now the secretary at Vic Park. I'm not quite sure if there's any position on the committee or within the club that he hasn't filled, but there you go. That's kind of getting to know the club in its yep. entirety. Good yep. on him. We're going to go to a break and come back and have a chat to Dan Evans. This is Penn and Hugh on the World Football Program. Stay tuned. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 9258 6822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Hi, I'm Peter Skeeler. Everyone seems to think I'm the ultimate wingman and full of helpful information. It's true, I am. My passion is trivia and Australian football statistics. Check out aleaguestats.com, my website where you can follow all the stats and results from the men's and women's A-leagues from the beginning of time, or at least 2005 and 2008 respectively. You're listening into the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle, and we appreciate you tuning in. Welcome back to the World Football Program. This is Penn and Hugh. You don't like me there for a minute. Well, quick, quick. Hey, no one would have noticed a thing if you didn't say anything. It was perfectly timed. It sure was. <laughs> Got Penn and Hugh on the World Football Program until midday today, and our guest on the line is Dan Evans. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Yeah, good morning, guys. How are you going? Very well, Pre- thanks, Dan. Pretty super awesome. What's on the Dan Evans Highway at the moment? Uh, I'm sitting in my car so I can escape. Um, anyone at the club asking me any questions while I'm on the radio. <laughs> uh, you need a busy sign uh, on the windscreen, Dan. Yeah, that's right. No, our under-18s are playing canning today. Unfortunately, the reserves in the first team were called off yep. uh, due to COVID, um, but the under-18s weren't affected, so they're still playing. So what is it with your club? That's the second time within a couple of months, night series being the, the first one. What's happening there, Dan? No, it wasn't us that caught it off this time, so we can't, we can't be to blame. Um, 
No, it was, this is actually the second week in a row. Last week we were due to play Gosnells, um, but obviously they had a number of COVID issues in their club, so they had to pull out. And then this week the same thing goes with Canning. So um, we've already been through all that in the night series, so we're ready to play. But, but obviously um, it's gone through some of the other teams, unfortunately. So we've got to reschedule those games. Yeah, that's a big impact. Does your club have a bit of a management plan for that? You've obviously got the scenario right on the table now and it's probably sent the yep. committee into a frenzy of how are we going to fix this? Let's get the schedule out. Let's get the dates. We've got to start planning it now. Yeah, I mean, we're going through that process uh, at the moment. The, the challenge is with us and, and some of the other clubs is we don't have light suitable for playing midweek games. Yeah. Uh, so so it, it makes it really, really challenging because you're trying to put extra games into an already sort of fairly busy schedule. But we'll, we'll get there. Um, our football operations team's uh, on that. Fortunately, that's not my concern. Um, yep. but, but, yeah, trying to, we'll try and fit it in um, where we can. We, we hope for the best possible scenario, don't we? Because, as you've just stated, two weeks in a row, you've had to postpone your games, and that's obviously yeah. two different clubs. Next week, fixtures come up, a different club. If the same scenario happens, then, you know, the the impact for the season is going to be quite a very, very busy season at some yeah. point for you guys. Yeah. And is that going yeah. to be possible? Particularly with that line, so it uh, yep. takes uh, out the yeah, possibility like, of midweek. Yeah, that's right. Look, it makes it difficult. Um, we, drew the home, we drew a few home games in a row at the start of the season, uh, so we would Obviously, we'll try and reverse them where possible. Uh, we're hoping that we can do that in every occasion. And if we can't, you know, then it, it potentially means losing a home game, which isn't ideal uh, for us. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we're kind of in the process of working it all out at the moment and, and hopefully it works out as the best as possible. But, yeah, certainly not the start of the season we were, we were looking for logistically-wise. Um, but, but uh, you know, we're at where we're at at the moment. What about you as a coach and your planning? Because, you know, you obviously have a little bit of a, a performance curve where you're doing your pre-season, you're getting fit, you're doing your strategies, and then it's uh, yeah, targeted towards y- your game. And you, so yeah. you're not playing your, your games. At training, you've just uh, got more more strategies and more skill work and more development, and the planning goes on. Yeah, look, it's, it's part of the challenge, I suppose. You know, we were aware that this sort of thing could could occur. Obviously, we weren't hoping for it to be two weeks in a row, and I, I pray that it is only two weeks in a row. Um, but we've got the guys in for an intra-club game today, so we sort of, you know, they're still working, we're, we're still ticking over. Um, and like I said, hopefully we'll be back to normal for training and then for a game the next weekend. Yep, absolutely. And uh, also uh, across your bows is coaching courses, so you're working with uh, Football West. How's that going? Yeah, look, really enjoyable. Um, I, I, I like doing the, the courses. Uh, currently, I've been running a sea licence uh, with a gentleman called Sean Darcy, who also does contract work with Football West. Uh, we had about 25 members on the senior sea licence. Uh, so that's the first step of the advanced coaching pathway. Uh, and they, they're with us for seven, uh, sorry, eight weeks. And then after that, they've, they've got some coursework they've got to complete, and then they do a, um, a final assessment video submission. Uh, so the, I really enjoy doing that because, you know, as a coach educator, it's, it's not just about what I can teach the candidates. It's often 
there's what they're teaching me as well. So um, I'm, it, it's, a, it's a great learning environment and, and I really do enjoy it. Do you, because uh, I know you, that you don't sleep much, do you stay up at night and Zoom <laughs> other countries and, and get in on their coaching platforms and have uh, you know, joint meetings with other coaches? And do you speak different languages? I'm just wondering because I, like, I can't ever remember you sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't speak different languages. Um, my father speaks Welsh, so I'll learn about two words off him, that's it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I... I um, I do actually um, spend time sort of zooming other coaches and, and speaking to other coaches. I'm, I'm a, mem- a member of just about every coaching group there is around, uh, and and you know I love it just to see what what other associations are doing. Um, you know where we're at compared to them, and 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 you know speaking to coaches that are working in in different environments. And, and I've had some really good chats, and and, and I think it's, it's great to be able to share knowledge from. From around the world, mm. and I think that's one of the beautiful things about our game is that everyone's playing it. The national sport in most countries, uh, and there really is a lot of learning opportunity. Yeah, and you've always had that appetite uh, about you. Um, some might call it a bit manic, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think everyone calls it manic. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it's a it's a, it's a much um, sought after quality about you because you're always on the learning curve and wanting to help and develop. So it's you know it, it's noted. Um, I'm curious about the coaching courses that you've been involved with, the males and female factor there. Tell us about that. Is it balanced or we need to do some work in some areas? Uh, I mean, it, it isn't balanced as far as it's not fifty fifty um, on this course that I just did. We had two female participants. Um, both were fantastic. Uh, I, I'd certainly like to see more. You know, we want to be as inclusive uh, as we, we can. I know in the past, Football West have run female-only courses. Uh, I'm not sure where they're at with that at the moment, but, but certainly, um, you know, it, it, I would hope if there are any female coaches listening that, you know, they would feel comfortable in registering and, and, and joining us uh, on, on the advanced um, courses. The two females that we had this time around, you know, fantastic contributors to the group. Uh, so, yeah, there's certainly room room for improvement as far as getting more female participants involved. Um, but I'd like to think we're as inclusive as possible. Do you, can I ask, if the coaches that go through your coaching courses, the support network post-coaching course yep. and the follow-up, do we know that they are already coaching, or they're learning to be coaches, or they're you know going to the next level? Are they going into higher jobs? Are they working through the pathway, or are they just doing it for their own knowledge at community level? Can you give us a little bit of an overview there? I think that's the same with everyone. You know, people do courses for different reasons. Some some do it because they have to to meet a, a criteria set by either the league or their own club. Yeah, and then others do it for their own um, pursuit of their own knowledge. Uh, so I'm not of the, the two that were on the course at the moment. Um, both are currently working in football, uh, not full time, but you know they're, they're working in football environments. They're coaching teams, which is great. Uh, and, I, and I think from their perspective, they were doing it for their own knowledge and their own progression, uh, which is also good to see as well. But yeah, look, I think people do courses for different reasons, and, and hopefully we're accommodating for all of those different reasons. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yep. And. We didn't end up catching up with you about that trip up to Geraldton. So just give us a bit yeah. of a, a wrap of, of that and why you do a trip to Geraldton. 
why? I'm not. <laughs> why not? I'm not sure why. Um, <laughs> it's a nice uh, place. No, look, yeah, Sierra's beautiful. No, we we um we took a squad down there and we played um a combined girls and team. For for us, it was a pre-season trip. So obviously, um, from a performance perspective, but also a social perspective, it was good to be able to get away with a. a a bunch of guys, you know, play a game. The next morning we did a clinic uh, for the local girls' kids. Um, so uh, seconded my guys into doing a bit of coaching as well, which uh, I think went down, you know, quite nicely. I think there would have been about 60, 70 girls' kids there. So that was good. So, yeah, I think for us it's, it's sort of club-building stuff as a chance to go away as a group. Uh, hopefully we can offer something to the local players as well, and then um, bus ride home. I'm, th- I'm thinking, when you said building in there, that kind of caught me, and then I'm thinking of the scenario with games being postponed because of COVID here in the metro area. Those links could probably use for some scratch matches, Dan. Mm. Um, if, you're, if you know yeah. that a game's not coming up on a Sunday because your opposition is caught out with COVID, maybe it yeah. might be worth a trip up to Geraldton or Kalgoorlie or to the outskirts somewhere to play a team outside of the Perth competitions. Yeah, I think obviously it does take a little bit of sort of um, managing, sorting out logistically. Yep. Uh, I think the challenge with it being a COVID replacement game—it's not impossible—but the challenge is some sometimes you don't know you, that the opposition is going to pull out until sort of twenty-four, forty-eight hours before. Yeah. Uh, so that 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 makes it sort of difficult logistically. But but I'd recommend it, you know, for pre-season just to an extent. I think. State League MPL clubs, to an extent, have a responsibility. Um, you know, as, as the um, the clubs playing in a more friendly competition, I think they've got a responsibility to regional and community football. Uh, and 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 personally, for us to go be it Gelton or any other regional area once a year, it, it takes a bit of sorting out. But it's, it's, it's not a huge ask. You know, and and our, from our perspective, there's a lot of benefits from it. Hopefully, there is from the Gelton perspective as well. Uh, and I think if we, we can do these things more often, then, then we can grow the game further in, in some of these regional areas. Yeah, and there's the why. And, that, and that's a great answer, too. We want to build those links wherever we possibly can just to help develop the game and share information and resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Dan, we're going to let you go. Uh, appreciate your time and appreciate your you're a busy lad, so... Uh, keep up the good work there and uh, we'll have a chat to you at some point again. Hopefully you've played a few games by the time we chat to you next time. Oh, I hope so as well. So I'm just getting out of my car now. So <laughs> it's the long line of people waiting yeah, yeah, yeah. to ask you questions. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Thanks, guys. See ya. Good on you. Thanks, mate. That was Dan Evans, Swan United head coach, Football West coaching educator. Yeah, yep. No, he's a man with bucket loads of knowledge. He, uh, when we spoke to him previously, he mentioned his time in uh, in America and his training over there. For, yep. Yeah. Brilliant. Yep. State League uh, 2, round 3 happening today. As uh, Dan said, the game between Swan United and Canning City has been postponed along with the um, Gosnells and Southwest Phoenix game. So Southwest have now had two games in a row postponed because uh, the Ashfield game was called off last week as well. Uh, but we have Ashfield uh, playing... Morley, so a nice local derby. You could yep. probably walk to both grounds there, Ashfield to Morley. It's not that bad. Yeah. That's um, at Ashfield. We've got uh, Joondalup City. They're going to be playing Kingsley Westside. 
That's up at Iluka. Balga will be playing Karamar Shamrock. That's at Princess Road Reserve. And a 7 o'clock kick-off tonight, which is Curtin University playing Wanneroo City. But as we are saying in this current environment, do double-check to make sure that fixture is... Uh, or those fixtures are taking place. I won't go through the through the ladder because it, we're very early in the season and some, yeah. some clubs, such as uh, I mentioned, Southwest Phoenix, that's two in a row that they've uh, had postponed. Yep, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of travel for them in their league anyway. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm sure they'll be doing some club work and whatever else that brings. And just check footballwest.com.au or the NPL uh, website. And also remember that uh, you can catch the NPL games on npl.tv. If you've got some other... Leagues yep. and tables there? Yep. yep. What, uh, we can go through State so, League number one. Yeah, do it. Uh, okay, so State League one. And it looks like at the moment all these games will be taking place. We've got Fremantle City versus Subiaco AFC. That's at Hilton Reserve. Western Knights will play Forestfield United at Nashfield. Mum are playing who, Pen? Mum are playing... Ah, oh, UWA. I know we're sitting fourth on the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> UWA, they're playing. Um, Thank you. What have we got there? Uh, Olympic Kingsway will be playing Quinns. That's at Kingsway Reserve. Bobby Tens, uh, Dianella White Eagles are playing Joondalup United at Dianella Reserve. And Rockingham City will be playing Mandra City. So a local derby down there as well. And that's at Lark Hill. That's a a 7 o'clock kickoff, and the Dinella game is a 5 o'clock kickoff. All the other ones are listed at 3 o'clock and now, listed now as being... if you'd ask me, the mum women's, who they were playing... Who I are mum women's playing, Pam? They're like, playing Balcatta. Just, Ooh, I would that'd be just a kick. know off the top of my head, right? That's a kick fest, isn't it? A kick fest. A kick goal fest. Oh, OK. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Moving on. Go. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. OK, we've got uh, the NPL W men's... No, NPLM. And I know all these things are uh, NPL men or NPLW is women, okay? NPL men? Yes, that's the one. Fixtures Go. happening today. Again, all these fixtures currently are listed at going uh, ahead. We have uh, Armadale versus Balcatta at Alfred Skeet. Florida Athena versus Perth Red Star at Littis. Inglewood United versus Coburn City at Inglewood Stadium. Perth Soccer Club versus Sorrento Football Club, Dorian Gardens. Bayswater City versus Gwalup Croatia at Frank Drago Reserve. And Sterling Macedonia will play Perth Glory at Macedonia Park. All of those are listed to be taking place and kicking off at 3pm. And the table is uh, Perth Red Star... Flora Athena, so the match of the round has got to be Flora Athena and Perth Red Star. You, you would have thought so. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yep. There very, you go. very likely. And uh, just football has put out a team of the week, and the team of the week for the NPL men was looking like this goalkeeper Hughes, then Pollard, Southgate, Gallon, Saldaris, and in the midfield, Healing, Arnold. Tweets, and then up front, Smith, Nickel, and McKechie. Yep. And for the women, Goalkeeper was Zara Board, Subiaco, and across the defence was Longmore. Now, I remember um, Shivy playing for Melville many years ago, and I haven't seen her play for many years, and there she was popping up in Fremantle this year looking very good, very good. Well done. So well done. Yep, um, <laughs> and uh, Spadano, Winchcombe, and 
Tash Rigby across the defence there. So Tash is playing for Fremantle. She is indeed. Oh, yep. Good on her. Across the midfield, I Coleman, she was in Adelaide Wood week. and Billum. And then up and front, Shawnee, Walsh, Lyons and Gale, Jamie Lee Gale, formerly used to play for Beckham Angels and uh, is also touching on the glory there with Tash Rigby. Yep. So there you go, some awesome players in those squads. And we'll go through the women's when we get to have a chat to Neil, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Um, so just can't uh, retread enough when you're going to any matches, <laughs> footballwest.com.au. Have yep. a look at the apps or the NPL um, website there and make sure you're on song with everyone. I know yep. there's football happening everywhere, yes. but you don't want to go there and find out that no, it's, no. that something has happened and... Wow. And that game has been called off for some reason. But as I say, most of those games, apart from the two that we mentioned, are currently listed yeah. as taking place, which is good news. Absolutely, it is good news because there's sun out there and we want to get out in yep. the fresh air. Yep. This is Penn and Hugh. We're going for a break and we'll be back talking more football very soon, of course. Oh, amazing touch. Some people can't hide their passion. Don't hide yours. Join our team. 107.9 FM, your local station. We are one, but we are Oswest Fencing and Raw Tine is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Tine. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. When I look back on my career, I don't want to be asking myself, what if? The time has come to show them our passion, our grit. Show them the meaning of high-energy football. Show them our great Aussie spirit, that we give it our all and never say die. The AFC Women's Asian Cup is here. It's time to show them who we are. 
Welcome back to the World Football Program. Penn and Hugh in the studio, bright and energetic yep. and ready for this football weekend. Yep. Our guest now is Neil Bennett. Good morning, Neil. Good morning, Penny. How are you? Pretty super awesome, I've got to say. Talking lots of football always excites me. There's just lots happening at the moment. And Matilda's last night was an interesting kind of scenario. I... I, my comment on the game was I was excited to watch them play. Like mm. all of the Matildas that we could possibly have available in Australia was great. They looked a little bit tired. They didn't break down the New Zealand defence. Well, I thought I, I was expecting them to smash New Zealand. That's what I wanted to see, right? Yeah, well, and, we, and New Zealand, they put up the blockade. Yeah, no, well, we spoke with a friend of the show, Tom Samani, so we know that the Silver Ferns aren't pushovers anymore. Nope. As much as we uh, we hate to say that, you know, we, every time we play the, the, the Kiwis, we love to... Put a few past them, but but that's what we want to see. We want to see them developing. Yeah. We want to see yeah. them as hosts of the World Cup um, with their free passage to be Ooh. doing very well. Direct qualification, thank you, Penny. Okay, fine, fine. Same with us. Yeah, no, no. Direct qualification <laughs> as hosts. What was that harsh, Neil? Yeah, free pass. It was a little bit. Turn yeah. it up. Well, <laughs> I had to pull her up on that one, Neil. Sorry, mate. Well, look, it, it's well, up. It's up to the coach, isn't it? And the and the players. They've got a. They've They've got their place. They've got to get through mm. the qualification process in the actual tournament to get to the final. They're hard work. And then they've got the place. They've just well, got to do the work now. Unless you're England. I've just brought up the Group D qualification in Europe. England, seven games, 63 goal difference, 21 points. They haven't lost a game. They just smashed North Macedonia 10-0. And they are currently... What's that? 33 points, uh, 33 goals ahead of Austria in second place, um, but only five points ahead. Yeah, but who else is in their group? Austria, Northern Ireland, Luxembourg, North Macedonia and Latvia. Latvia, bottom of the table, zero points, minus 44 goal difference. This is where, you know, everybody gets a, gets a, a, a chance to qualify, but some teams really, there should be a... a, a I'm, I'm being a bit uh, outrageous here. Maybe a pre-qualification because... You know, the, the, the Euro leagues, you, you wouldn't get... Yeah, yeah. Neil, Neil, what do you reckon about that? No. Well, I think some of the teams, you know, their, their early development. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, talk, you're talking about uh, the England team, uh, basically full professionals. Yes, they, I yeah. don't know what the situation is in North Macedonia, but I doubt very much <laughs> that they've got the same <laughs> sort of level of, uh, of sort of funding and facilities. But you look at the North Macedonian men, they've just taken Italy out That's of the right. Men's World yeah. Cup. So yep. given... Given the right resources, there's no reason to believe. And I, I think it's a little bit disingenuous to just say, no, they shouldn't be playing. You know, they're getting hammered, yes. But they're learning. They're playing against the best players in the world. And if you just put them in with a clump like the Faroe Islands and Cyprus, another team that got absolutely um, murdered in the World Cup qualifiers, yeah, then yep. how are they going to improve? So oh, I understand that. It yeah. is what it is, I think. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I mean, we, we've seen, well, if we go to the men's side of things, sides, nations, not sides, nations such as Luxembourg, Malta, you know, Cyprus, the Faroe Islands, as you mentioned, uh, men and women, you know, they've, they've, they all get the opportunity. Well, yeah. we came through the Oceania group with yeah. the, the men's side and, and there were some pretty outrageous yeah, scorelines there, there, there. was, you know, when, uh, I can remember back in 2006 when people were saying, well, what's Australia doing here? Because, you know, they're, they're just a little nation. Well, we, we actually played some of the, the, the more demanding uh, qualification it was what 18, 18, 20 games I think we played to qualify for that one. Whereas some nations in Europe play the you know eight or ten games and go thank you very much. But mm. anyway, no, you're right, Neil. Uh, yeah, everyone, I, I wasn't uh, suggesting that they shouldn't be in a position to gain direct qualification. Um, yeah, more as you 
touched on there, the, the development and the resources to help mm. help those nations develop. Yeah. Mm. And it is about development. Neil, what's your comments on um, the Matildas coming over for the friendlies and, and how they went last night? Ooh. I, yeah, take a deep breath. Yeah. So I think I think the the thing for me that came out from that game last night was this was an opportunity to blood new players. Yeah. Now for for a number of reasons you must play Sam Kerr, you must play Van Egmond, mm-hmm. you've got to play Ellie Carpenter. Yep. Because they're the draw cards. Mm-hmm. And if uh, you go to Townsville where they haven't had an international and you don't play Sanko, you're going to get a lot of questions asked. So you have to you have to play her. But I think we run the risk... I don't know when she got into Australia. Probably Thursday, I yeah, think. More likely, yeah. Yeah, so look, she wouldn't have been in peak physical condition, nor would the other European players. Yeah. And we run the risk by playing them for that full 90 minutes as we did. Of, of getting them injured or, you know, the, the, the recovery that they had is, is uh, I'm sure it's being monitored properly, but I, I just felt that there was an opportunity there to put some players in there. Courtney Vine should have had a lot yes. more game time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, you know, no argument from us here. Yeah, and it, it's just silly that what, what could you possibly learn from that group of players that you don't already know? Yeah. yeah. But by bringing in the fringe players and those who a champing at the bit, um, then you, you're going to learn then. That, so I hope that in the second game that they will be able to, to mix and match it a little bit. And it showed that when you got that low block that they did with the five in there, and, and let's not forget that there's some good players in yeah. New Zealand. I mean, Paige Satchel from Sydney FC and Claudia Bunga from uh, Melbourne Victory. You've got Liz Anton in there from Perth Glory. That, they're no mugs. No. And, um, Stoddy didn't you know, get a game, did she, Rebecca Stott? No, not, not that I saw. Yeah. Is she injured or something? No, she's an awesome player. I would have loved to see yeah, her. Yeah, I'm not sure whether the, the, the coach felt that perhaps, I don't know, the tactics or no. whatever it was. But the point about that is that, you know, the, the conditions, the humidity up in town, so yeah. the players were out on their feet. And if you bring fresh legs in... Um, then you, you you probably would have broken that defence down a little bit quicker. Yep. Um, yep. And it, it just seemed that we, I don't know, the coach is obviously under a lot of pressure. Yes. Um, and it, it, it struck me that he was, the way he reacted to an equaliser in a friendly was perhaps an indication of where his mind is at the moment. Yep. Yeah, now we, we uh, discussed this with uh, the Asian Cup um matches why he played the full strength side against indonesia i mean again no disrespect to to an emerging uh, football nation like indonesia in in the women's side of things but we were always going to win that game yet he 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 insisted on playing the full strength side 18 nil doesn't do us any favors doesn't do them any favors and it doesn't help promote and and gain experience to the younger team members that he's picked he has confidence in them otherwise he wouldn't be picking them but if you have that confidence Play them. Mm. Give them the yeah, experience. Um, he, he claims it's 23 from 23, for, uh, uh, but technically it, it, it's basically uh, 11 I'm, from tw- in, in 23. I'm totally with Neil on this, is that we needed to break down the defence. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think we needed to show the Australian community that we have something else. Which, again, that, that's, as Neil was saying, that that, will, that, that's the pressure was on Gustafsson's face. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he's worried. If, if he gets negative results... Is he going to be the coach? 
maybe that's Football Australia's um, oh, responsibility to, to do the old, here's the vote of confidence, arm around the shoulder. You're going to be here for for well after the the, yeah. the the tournament in 23. Don't panic. Play these young players. Get them the experience because... You know, you may not be the be the the coach in twenty twenty seven, but these players will be. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I, know and I think the the other one that that staggered me was Chidiak not getting a run. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, just don't with start a, me on that a, one. <laughs> yeah, with a great with the greatest of respect to Katrina Gorey and what she's done is remarkable. Oh, yeah. But she had in no way the impact in the A League W season that Chidiak had. So why she gets that starting yep. spot ahead of Chidiak smacks a little bit of an old girls' club. And that's really not the way that you should be selecting a national team. No, you no, should be selecting them on merit. Yes. Chidiak was there on merit. But for her to not even get an original call-up was staggering. She only got in there on the line of an injury pull-out. So I, I don't know what's going on there. But certainly in the final series, she came alive. And uh, I think she, I hope she will get a run. Um, but as I said, you can understand from a from a public point of view that they want to see the likes of Kerr play. But you just have to handle it very, very carefully now. And Chelsea would not be at all oh, no. impressed oh, no. if she came if she came back from this round of friendlies, which is what they are, um, carrying something or not able to play in the next game for Chelsea. They're going to be mightily unimpressed with football Australia. Well, we've had that previously with uh, with the Socceroos with uh, the likes of. Uh, Kiel, Viduka, um, even Bosnich would. That's where FIFA brought in that rule that if uh, your players are not injured and independently assessed as injured, they have to play internationally or miss the next club game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, like I say, I mean, lucky that Kerr did play the the, the ninety because I mean, you know, she gets the winner. But hang on, she, hang on, whoa, 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 whoa! Lucky that she played. What about no, no, shaking no, no, it no. up a bit, like two thirds no, no, of the game and brought Courtney Vine in? Yeah, and, no, that's what we're saying. That, that, yeah. that in, in in our opinion, and it's only our opinion. And that's mm. why I said to you earlier off air. I'm not a coach at, at any level. I, you know, put her on for the for the first half. It's a friendly. Yes, there's the. Maybe there's contractual obligations. You put her on for the first 45. Thank you very much, Sam. We know what you can do. We know how much yeah. of a superstar you are. Yeah. You take the rest. We, we, had to, we had to shake it up. To sh- oh, I think we had to show some different strategies. We need to th- – and this is the, the time, right, when you put yeah. those younger players on. Friendlies. That we've, yeah. Anyway, let, let's mm. – Anywho, go. Neil, <laughs> there was young Matilda's um, fixtures as well this week, and we know that there was a handful of West Aussies chosen in the squad, but unfortunately uh, COVID impacted – the young Matildas uh, mm. camp big time, and how did that pan out? Well, I think from a West Australian point of view, um, there was no involvement. Um, Letitia was Letitia McKenna was on the bench for the game, but she didn't get a run. So Abby Green, Anna Lowry, and also Miranda yeah. weren't in the squad, the, the game day squad. But mm. like the um, like the seniors, they have another game on. Sunday, I think it's tomorrow they've got a game, the yep. second game in the series. Yep. So it may be that they will get a run there, but a convincing win, 5-1. Um, and again, it shows that there is some talent uh, in the in the junior ranks. Um, but I think the issue that we've got with the junior Matildas and the young Matildas is their lack of games over the last two years. And that has come about due to COVID, obviously, but even prior to that, they weren't playing many international tournaments and these players are not getting exposed. 
to playing against other styles of football. And they're going to be thrown into the deep end when they play in the World Cup later this year when they're going to be playing against some top-notch European teams who play a different style to the Asian sides, which is who they've traditionally played against. That's right. mm. yep. So I think what they need to be looking at is to find mm. that balance of getting players out of season from their clubs at NPL level um, and getting them away to camps and then playing them in tournaments um, that are not necessarily the traditional tournaments that we play in, you know, the Asian tournaments. Let's, let's yeah. go and play somewhere like South America. I, yeah. I recall interviewing Liz Anton, the Perth Glory goalkeeper from a couple of years ago, who's now the Phoenix goalkeeper. Uh, and as a young Kiwi international, she played in America, North and mm. South. She played in Europe. She played in Asia. And I don't think that that's the same sort of experience that our younger players get here in Australia because we tend to be cocooned into the Asian bubble and we're not being exposed to these different footballing styles that are evolving around the world. And that can only be better for their development as well. But certainly on the performance that they put in, you can't fault them. Um, they played very well. They pressed together. They looked sharp. They looked a team. And, and the result of 5-1 was uh, certainly not anything that uh, they didn't deserve. Absolutely. And do you think that the NTC system or the identification system or pathways here in Perth and around Australia are, are doing their doing their bit to to get players that should be recognised recognised <laughs> identified uh, identified yeah so look I, I think I think the trap that we could fall into with the NTC and um, there are some issues with the NTC I, I don't think that that's too controversial it the, the main problem has been that they are trying to identify players at 12 and 13 and then moving them up through the NTC system. So a girl who develops at the age of 14, for example, and starts to have a breakout season, she's going to find it very difficult to get into the NTC squad. And the NTC squad is the one that gets the access to the national coach coming over doing uh, coaching sessions or uh, all of the facilities that they've got. So I, I think... Putting all our eggs into that one basket is a little problematic. It doesn't really throw the blanket out as wide as we possibly could. Mm -hmm. But there are some encouraging signs coming out of the under-15s at the moment. And talking to Conrad McKelvey, he he's very excited by the group that he's a, um, the assistant coach there. And he thinks that the impact that we're seeing with that particular group now is for the... They're coming up through from the SAP programs that Football West have been running which are open to far more players. And even at Red Star, we've noticed this season, young players who have been playing futsal, their um, sort of skill on the ball, the, the way that they move the ball is far more advanced than a player who's only ever played out, outdoor football. Mm -hmm. So I think bringing in the sort of futsal area into the development pathway as well as the NTC, but then it's absolutely vital that the NPL clubs step up. They've got to. I mean, yeah. we can't we can't shy away from this anymore. So, so hang on, do, they, you, do you, are you saying that the NPL clubs should do more development on the basic staff, or that they should also be catchment areas for developing to higher levels? Oh, uh, both. Really, <laughs> okay. I think. That they, they really should be doing more development of their players, but they, if you're an NPL club, 
you should be the ones that the better players want to go to. Because yes. if you if you go to a junior club, and this is no disrespect to the junior clubs, uh, they're doing some fantastic work. In fact, Karamar Ro- Karamar Shamrock Rovers are doing some excellent work. Um, but when a player gets to 15, 16 with that particular club, if she wants to progress, where is she going to go? She wants to get into the NPL or she wants to get into the third higher up. She's going to have to move from that club. So really the onus is on the NPL clubs to make sure that they're doing the, the, the legwork. And even Perth Glory. I mean, Perth Glory have been woeful yes. in, the, in the way that they've uh, invested in female football. They haven't touched it. Do you know, um, do you know, Neil? I, I look at the mm. Perth Glory in the, in the men's setup, and I think of the amazing pathways that they've got for young lads to go through all the different Perth Glory age groups into the academies, and then sit underneath the Perth Glory men's A League team. And if you know COVID happens or like this season has happened, they need to draw players. They draw from that amazing pathway that yep. they've got. So I look at the NTC for the females here because there's no men's NTC or boys NTC. And I think, well, if players want to get recognised at young Matilda's level or upwards, is that really the only way they're going to get recognised? Well, you've got video video analysis now across all of the leagues, right across Australia. So really, a national coach can have a look at anyone. They don't just have to have a look at NTC. Why would they just have a look at NTC if all the NPL programs are doing their job? Yeah, but they're not. And that, <laughs> therein lies the issue. Yeah. There's, there's very few clubs in the NPL that have got teams that go through, they're getting more yeah. um, of, the, of the eight teams now I think there's about five now have pathways that go from 14 through um, but yeah they, they need to do that but if Perth Glory come in and if Perth Glory take up a female academy for one of a better word, where does that leave NTC? Well that's, that's exactly Well correct. NTC doesn't have all the resources it should let's be just fair and no. honest about it right so if the NPL clubs are working it so that they can and and, I, and I'll tell you that Mum FC are pretty protective about what they've got. Oh, so yeah, if, be. It, yeah and, and if they think, let's, let's say, why would you go to the NTC? This is me just being totally biased, right? <laughs> why would you go to the NTC if what we can offer at our club is, we, we think it's just as good. We've got good coaches, we've got the pathway, we've got opportunities to play NPL football, just like uh, NTC have. But NTC, you don't always get recognised or pulled upwards into young Matildas or Matildas. There's been, what we say, four in the young Matildas. Yep. How many are now in the Matildas squad from West Australia? One? Well, Sam, there's, Sam there's none. And, and, and that, but the, the four that are from the young Matildas squad are all NTC. Hmm. Yes. None and, of them are. And, and okay, and, so, and that's a great point. But so, my, my point is, though, that if all of the NPL clubs are doing their job and they want to develop players for NPL and they're paying them professionally so they've got the resources and they've got money sponsorship or whatever and th- then why would th- why would you go to the NTC like why would yeah, you do absolutely. that absolutely absolutely the NTC could be um, instead of being a standalone team as it is at the moment the NTC could be some additional training setup or offer the facilities that a fully funded state center should offer um, but you're right. It's it's the it's down to the clubs and whether they want to invest in their female pathway mm. and in their male pathway. I mean, we've got the same problem from WA perspective in the male side of the game as well. There's very very few male players are making their way out of WA now into the full team, into the full national squad, and it 
it's a big, big issue, um, and it needs a lot of thought to go into it, especially if we're moving into potentially a second division, uh, a national second division. You're going to have to have resources for that. You're going to have to have pathways of players who are more than semi-professional are basically going to become professional uh, to enable them to do that. So there's a lot of investment going to be required and a lot of hard decisions are going to have to be made by some clubs to, to think, well, are we in this just to try and win um, an NPL title here and there or are we setting ourselves up so that we've got a pathway and we've got a, not a factory line, that sounds no, no. terrible, but <laughs> we've got a production, yeah. a production line of players that we can develop in-house and we can move up. A pathway. Um, yes, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. there's not too many clubs out there at the moment that are that are thinking along those lines. Um, the penny's beginning to drop, um, but we're a way off. And I think if we'd have had all of this mandated by Football West four years ago, five years ago, then the sort of player movement that we're seeing right now probably wouldn't have happened. You look at all of the players that have moved out of WA and are playing over East. Yeah. If they all came back and played in the NPL here, this NPL league would be much, much stronger. Yeah. But for many reasons, they've left and fair play to them and power to their elbow. But it means that what we're dealing with now is we're trying to play catch-up instead of being ready to go as we should have done three or four years ago when we should have had all of these junior pathways in place. Yeah, so let, let's have a let's have a talk about that because I think that's really significant. So um, NPL women's football this year has a different feel and look about it and there's several clubs that are... Well, I mean, Greg Farrell's just moved into the head coaching role at Subiaco. Mum FC have had a turnover of uh, players um, and bringing a lot young, more younger players in. So we saw in the night series there was a bit of a, a, a shift there. Um, are we not paying players enough? Do we not have the right resources? Are they paying more over East for players to be enticed? Or is the quality of football over mm, there just yeah. better and we're not? yet got that pathway sorted here to keep Penn, those I think it's all of the above. Yeah. I th- yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about the money. I think it's more a case of, of the latter. It's the quality. When you look at uh, Lexi Moreno, who's just signed for Sydney yep. Olympic, and you look at the team that they've got, Courtney yeah. Vines in that. Yeah, that's right. You know, they're, they're, it's got Matildas in there, and it's got the attraction of bringing in some very strong players. We don't have that, but we have the ability to get that if we decide to invest in coaching. And also to, to, to get those pathways right, and the coaching needs to go down to under-12s level. Yeah, yeah. Your yeah. under-12 coach needs to be one of the best coaches exactly. in the club yeah. because they're going to give you the basics mm. for the yeah. young player to come up through. And as I said, what we've seen at Red Star this year is that those girls that have come to us that have done futsal their, their awareness, their, their ability on the ball is, is quite, quite remarkable yep. compared to their, to, to their peers. And that's an area that, you know, traditionally there's been a bit of friction where people have said, you're not to play futsal because you might get injured. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's a mentality, I think, that needs to shift. And it's, it's hard, I think, as well for... For the current crop of players that are sitting in NPL teams right now to hear them 
to him, many people say, oh, the quality of the NPL this year is, is not as good. Well, that's not fair on them. No, it's not. They're no. doing their best. Yeah. And what it's done with all of those players leaving is given opportunities to other players to stand up yeah. and to shine. But they can only do that if they get the right coaching and if they get the right structures underneath them and the support that they need, mm -hmm. the physiotherapy, perhaps the sports science as well. And all of these NPL clubs have got to start lifting it. Mm -hmm. Now, last night, um, two results. The, the, the one game that was played out of mm -hmm. curtain, that, that very nearly didn't didn't start because lights were switched off at the beginning of the game. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's that sort of thing that needs to be sorted out. The attention we to detail. Mm. So if, you, if you're talking to players who have gone over East and you say, come back to WA, this is the sort of thing that we've got to fix. You know, we can't have games that could be determined by somebody failing to book the lights for an NPL game, which is essentially what happened. Mm. Um, you know, we, we need to be more professional in our outlook. We need to be more thorough in our coaching. And, you know, the, it, it's a big, big thing that needs yeah. to go on. Yeah. And even, and I don't like banging out football West, no, no. but the debacle of fixtures going into the first round with the juniors, the amateurs, and the metros. It's horrendous. Yeah, but that's been, well, again, as you, as you say, that's been ongoing for, for several... But that's the problem, Yeah, here. that's it's right, been yeah. ongoing. Yeah. Why hasn't it been fixed? No, no I know, I know. It's just, yeah. You know, it happens year after year yes, after does. year, and nothing happens, nothing changes. So why not say, okay, we will employ a short-term contractor for three months to sort this out at the beginning of every season, so we don't have these issues of clubs moving up and down. The clubs are to blame as well. Yep. You know, they put they put their hand up to say, yeah, we've got the teams, and then two yeah. weeks out, they, they say, oh, sorry, we, we can't field them. Yep. And that leaves Football West in a bind. But, mm. yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is, but that, that needs sorting out because, it, again, it makes the game look amateurish, and we're trying to improve that. Yeah, we are. I think that we are moving along, though, and this, so this, this yeah, year was kind slow. of... Well, maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, besides WA, there is another world out there of football <laughs> and people will see what's, what grass is greener on the other side, hence players leaving to the Olympics in Melbourne and whatever else. So, you know, we've given them a platform which is on NPL TV which, you know, and they can also see what's happening in the other states yeah, a lot yeah. easier. So they don't have to go over there, dip their you know, toes on the grass over there and spend money and time to do it. They can see by video and talk on Zoom and all these kind of amazing things now. So things can happen a lot yeah, faster but the and Holderberg United uh, have got their own TV. Yeah, the, their own TV network yeah. channel thing, yeah. So they're, they're, that, that's a club. That's not, that's not league. That's not... The, the, yeah, so the, they've set themselves the state up. association. Yeah. That's them. Yeah, that that can be. And look, and that goes that with can be sponsorship everywhere. and resources yeah, exactly. and who the local politicians are you and gonna, yeah, all those kind of things. Yeah. So everything's happening at a different pace, isn't it, Neil? But th th there is progress. I mean, we have an NPL competition. It's in the third year That's here right. in Australia. That's and, right. And you know what we I like to do that. too? We got it. Yep. I, I like the connection between things. So there's more games connecting men's yes. and women's. There's clubs thinking about merging and merging together and using the same space. And there's Football West lining up 
matches so that they're at the same place as double headers yeah. so that you can have a day of football or you can see. Uh, but, that, but that's what we've seen. We, 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 we rarely see those double headers um, in the A-League. I mean, and, and mm. when they are, there's such a, a significant gap between the two games that whatever crowd ha- has been brought in, and often it's the men playing first, whatever crowd has come in for the men, they dissipate before the women mm-hmm. play. It's, yeah, um, I agree. You know, they're, they're, well, there's got to be a solution somehow. But, uh, I'll scratch my Well, head. I'll throw out... Go. 98,000 people going to yeah, a standalone no, no, women's that, game. Yeah, but, yeah, but that, and that, yeah, and that happened because Barcelona, okay, it was a, it was a El Clasico, so that, that's yeah. always going to be highlighted, but Barcelona, whose home game it was, said to the um, season ticket holders of the men's game, you, can, because of your membership, you will get four tickets. And guess what happened? 98,000 turned up. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it's not a hard, a hard thought process to go, okay, well, we've got X amount of, of members. Give them the tickets for the women's game. They turn up. They loved yeah. it. That and was brilliant. Does, yeah. And does that happen in the game here? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I mean, if you, if you go, like the only home game that we had this season at Sterling, there was 1,000 people there, yeah. which was terrific compared to the 250 <laughs> that turned up for the previous home yeah, game at Torrey right. Gardens. Yeah. But those 1,000 people that turned up, what was there for them apart from the game? There was no merchandise. Nope. nope. There was no posters. Nope. There were no women's shirts on sale. Nope. There was no promotion on the ground. Yeah. That's right. Now, that, that, again, is a symptom of not thinking that this is a growth area of the game. It's a massive growth area of the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, alienating 50% right. of the population. It, it's, it's just yeah, crazy. And, and mm. you're right, Penny. You know, you've got the likes of Perth Soccer Club now and um, Perth Red Star. Both teams are now not locked in, but they're going to be playing as many games as possible at home as double headers with the men's team. Yep. To, yep. To in, it gives the women the exposure to, the to a yeah. different audience. Yeah, yep. that's right. Um and it makes the game have a special atmosphere, I think. Um, so th- there are things, you're right, there are things that are happening, but the mandates that are in place are not being adhered to. You know, you should have a junior pathway. You should have a certain level of your ground. You should have this. You should have that. And then clubs say, oh, but it's, you know, it, it, it's too hard and they're allowed to get away with it and, and it just continues. So, yeah, we, we've got to be a little bit, you know, if we want to be really serious about it and the numbers are not lying. We're not producing, notwithstanding what I said about the under-15s where, where there's some great optimism about that particular group, but we're not producing those players who are going up into the Matildas. I'm, um, I'm just looking why at... why is that? Uh... Another program. Um, <laughs> I, I'm um, just looking at the current table for the NPLW. I'm just wondering if I printed out the wrong one because on the top of the local NPLW table it says Perth Red Star, Perth Soccer Club, Fremantle, Murdoch, Subiaco, Northern Redbacks, Curtin University, Balcata and Hyundai, Hyundai NTC. Yeah, and, and, and there, there, there you go. That's exactly what Neil was talking about. That yeah, that, it's, that, it's that sort of attention of to detail and la- yeah. lack of professional. Good call. Yeah, exactly. That uh, you know. Come on. It, and that's that's in the wow. That's in the um, 
That's in the Sports. reserves as well. Sports mm. TG. Ah, far out, man. Okay. You know, you've printed out the right one. I did? Yeah. yeah. And, okay. and, and, but not so good. You know, we're, we're, but, Neil, where's the outcry? Where, where's where's the, the, the groundswell of disapproval from from our listeners, from from our uh, from our fans uh, of the it game? Probably got picked up pretty damn quick and, and recently. Possibly, yeah. Right next point. to the uh, team of the week. Yeah, obviously uh, not picked up that quick enough. Well, that, that's just how I cut and pasted. Uh, it. And, and I know yeah. you cut and pasted, it, but you went to the same website. Yeah, I did. That's, so, that's true. No, that's true. Yeah. Uh, there's another issue as well. I mean, when you, you look at the fixtures for Perth Red Star that are on the website outside of NPL in the women's game, it's got the Northern Redbacks That's logo right. next to them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Neil, we're going to let you go now. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so That's much for... Point. I, yeah, I, that's I right. Yeah. yeah. Gee whiz. We're going to let you go. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, I really do you, appreciate your time and chat. Have a fantastic weekend. Will do. I've got my first game tomorrow. Our under-18s, I'm in charge of them, so we're off to Miranda. So that's uh, that's going to be uh, a very exciting start to the season for us and all of the other teams that are out there, all the juniors and the metros and the amateurs. It's their first game. Great time of the year to be uh, involved in football. And, their first game of the and by the way, uh, well done to all the publicity and promotion that I know that you've got a hand in that uh, Perth Red Star are doing. And look, if other clubs want to do the same thing, then it'll get promoted out there and shared around just as much. You build it, they will come. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good yeah. on you, Neil. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah thanks. Thanks. Right. Take care, guys. See ya. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thanks, Bye. Neil. Bye. That was Neil Bennett, Beyond yep. 90. Jeez, oh, doesn't he have some ideas? Yeah. Uh, now, the, the, the interesting thing, as Neil was touched upon, is that, uh, again, the publicity not being there, the uh, young Matildas have been confirmed as one of the Asian Football Confederation's three representatives at the FIFA Under-20 World Cup to be held in Costa Rica later this year. Whoa. North Korea was uh, was there, and obviously um, North Korea have now just won the uh, Women's World Cup under 20 uh, because they've pulled out. They don't have to turn up anymore. They've won that one. But Australia got nominated, um, being that they uh, threw the Asian Cup performance of the young Matildas. It's yep. only the third time. This is where we think the Matildas mm. are going gangbusters. The Matildas, oh, we should win the World Cup. And that's an expectation that Australians have had for the last three World Cups. The young Matildas, this is their third appearance at a World Cup. Mm. What's happening? That's well, exactly what you and Neil were talking yeah. about. Where's that youth development? It, because if the Matildas are regular qualifiers for the World Cup, why aren't the younger sides regular qualifiers at their corresponding World Cups? Why do we need to get an invitation from FIFA to go to these World Cups? Because oh, another nation has pulled out. Okay, we're going to stew on Ooh, that. don't start and, me. And uh, <laughs> we'll be back shortly talking to Mick Owens. This is Penn and Hugh on the World Football Program. The World Football Program is a community program run by volunteers. Just like our host station, Radio Fremantle, applies for government grants and sponsorships from year to year to keep us on air. Your support by way of station membership or donation is greatly valued. Contact Radio Fremantle weekdays 94942100 for information on how to become a member or to donate to the station. Thanks for your support. They say you can't choose your family. But you can choose your football family. A family has legends you look up to. And the up-and-comers. A family pitches in and works together as a team. We have the ones who keep us in check 
and we motivate each other to be the best. Be the best! But it's my brothers and my sisters who always have my back. That's why even my real family love my football family. So what are you waiting for? Join our team. Welcome back to the World Football Program. Penn and Hugh here till 12 and a couple of guests to cram in before then uh-huh. with as much football as we can possibly talk about before 12 o'clock. We've got Michael Owens. Not, hang on, Michael Owens, Michael Owens. Wasn't there a young 18-year-old Michael Owens who played for England in the World Cup and scored an amazing goal? No, that's Owen. Yeah. Owen. Oh, okay. Uh, Do you get that yeah, mixed up a lot? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, otherwise, yeah, we'd, be asking, all the time, we'd be asking for the shirt. <laughs> Ooh. Crack of a goal, that one. Yeah. So, uh, am I allowed to call you Mick? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, please do, Pen. Everyone calls me Mick. Okay. Except me, Mother. Excellent. All right, yeah. I, I know how that goes. It's got to be in full, especially when you haven't done something correct. All right, <laughs> yeah, so there's, a, there's right. a couple of uh, you know, fingers in the pie here for you about your portfolio. It's pretty massive. Give us a little bit of an, an intro oh. for the listeners and, and tell us what your football um, scenario is. Um, so I suppose the first one would be the vice president of the Dianella Junior Football Club. So I've been involved there about 14 years, I think, Penn. So that's where my son Evan uh, started his football career. And then about seven years ago, I, I got involved with Cerebral Palsy Football or the WA Paris. So, and then the United Reds League came along, which was a perfect opportunity for me to sort of get some of the young WA Paris playing league football. So I got involved in that. Good one. And Why? more recently, more recently, I've sort of been helping out a bit with the blind football. So yeah, lots of things going on. Pretty busy. Yeah, we've had Ryan on the uh, on the show a few times. R- Ryan Hunshuden. Have we? Uh, yeah. From uh, from Blind Sports. That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. I don't get Ryan. Ryan's been to one training session. It's mainly Ben Rowe. I don't know if you know Ben Rowe. So Ben is the main guy. Oh, but uh, I'm sort of taking a step back away from that uh, guys because it's you know it's just too much. So I've I've been helping with them get it going. And Perth Soccer Club are the registered team, so they're really, you know, they've really committed to it and are doing a great job. Good. Well, just saying all those things in one breath and conversation sounds like you don't have a life otherwise. No! <laughs> well, I'm a chef. I'm a chef as well. So, well, oh, so you, you don't have a life? <laughs> no, I don't have a life. Not much of a life. Well, but I enjoy the life I've got, so I'm not complaining. Learn to sleep standing up. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, um, Adam Nankin uh, from Inclusive Football Solutions has introduced yourself to me. So, tell us a little bit about that inclusive football space and what's happening there. Um, well, United Red was brought about by um, when Manchester United came over. So, it's a sort of joint venture between Telethon, Inclusion Solutions, Manchester United Foundation and Football West. And um, because I suppose my involvement with the WA Paddles it's sort of like I was able to get a team in the league when it kicked off. And, you know, we were quite successful in Dianella with, with our team. And then Adam sort of invited me in to, you know, to help with the program and sort of try and get it established and more clubs involved and build just build the league. So that's where we were going because, um, you know, when you think about it, one in five people are living with disability. And if you walk around a soccer ground on a Sunday, I don't think you would sort of notice them stats, but you wouldn't see one in five 
sort of kids with a disability playing soccer. So we are just trying to make clubs more aware, you know, that we need to do better, really. You know, if it comes down to Yoko tomorrow, that's that may hold true because we've got our first game of the season. So we'll have all, all our United Beds kids down there. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get more clubs on board and sort of progress the league a bit. It's interesting what you say, Mick, about one in five living with a disability because um, we've seen the connect in the last, I don't know, five or ten years, maybe a little bit less than ten years, about the uh, Olympics and the Paralympics and how that they've kind of piggybacked each other along the way and then there's been the athletes and their journeys and there's some pretty, uh, you know, very good interviewers out there now in the um, the Paralympic space and I can't yeah. think of their names, but they, they interview people and they're out there on mainstream TV and they're talking about yeah. you know, the athletes and how they their stories and where they've got to and how comfortable and confident they are and the resources that are available to them. This is, this is great. This is, you know, that one in five maybe when we talk in a few years' time might be, you know, that every one of those has got a pathway and an opportunity to play football, not just some of them. Yeah. And, that's, and uh, I think if you look at the, the last Paralympics, I was reading something on the English BBC, their TV coverage of the Paralympics, every single one of the commentators was, was living with disability, you know, so it was all run by people with disability, ran the whole sort of uh, coverage of the Paralympics. So that's sort of, you know, I think that's where we've got to try and get, you know what I mean? Yep, yep exactly. Yep. Um, so the uh, I'm just thinking of the United Reds League, um, and yeah. we spoke to Andy Arena earlier, and we didn't actually mention this because we're talking about so much other stuff. But I'm pretty sure that uh, Vic Park Victory is one of the clubs in the. That's correct. Yeah, the United Reds. Yeah, League. yeah. Vic, Vic Park. You got Vic Park, one of the founder members, alongside Dianella Juniors. You got Baldavis Districts. You got Maccabi, Naranda, um, uh, Whitford. Yeah. So there's about six clubs, and there's a whole host of clubs who are like super keen. Well, COVID has sort of played a big part, you know, especially this season because we're seeing more of COVID being more, like, influential. And, you know, the last two years, really, it hasn't been so influential. Yeah. So will you be involved with the Pararoos with the the World Cup coming up? No, I won't do. I'm just involved with the, the WA side. Okay. So... So, but Goran, I think you know Goran Stadzic. We do. Everybody um, knows Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so Goran will be there. And um, we'll have four other guys from our um, male team. And then we've got the first ever women's CP That's World Cup right. as well. So yeah. there'll be two WA girls, hopefully. I know there's definitely one, but there may be two involved. So it's just fantastic. Yeah, so yeah, that'll, that'll, be, that'll be kicking off from the 27th, the men's uh, side of things, yeah. kicking off from the 27th of April to the 16th of May uh, and the women's uh, 7th of May to the 18th of May. And that's, that's going to be correct, uh, yeah. taking place in Spain. Spain. Yeah. Spain. España. And, and can I just give you a little um, you, you, fact there? The Aussies, there's five girls, ladies' teams. Yep. So the, the, the US, Spain, Holland, Japan and Australia. But there's no pommy team, so that's a bit of a you know, one-up for the Aussies, yeah. <laughs> you got us, Molly. We're happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we want to see. And so, you know, Football Australia, they're certainly trying to do their part in getting that side of the game going. Yeah, brilliant. Which is fantastic. Yeah, look... And with, a... Sorry, go on. Yeah, sorry. I'm just going to say, like, with the United Reds, 
you know, I've got kids. What it what it does, it's it's not all about disability, it's about in, inclusivity sort of thing, Penny, if you know what I mean. So we have kids with disability. We have kids, you know, maybe never played football before, they've been a bit scared. And it just helps them to sort of not only build the football skills, it, it builds the social skills as well. And from last year, I think I've had about four kids from my team sort of move in, you know, to the Dianella sort of mini rooms or under 12s. So it really does build the confidence and, you know, that's what we, that's what it's all about. So it's not just about disability, it's just about, you know, making all kids feel comfortable with each other, whether you've got a disability or not, you know. We shouldn't look at someone and treat them differently just because they're they have a disability. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know if you uh, ever knew a, a guy named Gordon Jewis. He was the, yeah. um, I think he was the inclusive program coordinator. I think that's what yeah, is, is. Football West. Yeah, Football yeah. West. And he was amazing. He was very passionate about all kinds of um, different programs out in the community, the, the ethnic, multicultural, diverse programs, inclusive programs. And man, yeah. once you say hello, it was like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and yeah. the, the more yeah. years that he was involved with Football West, the more he seemed to have on his table with bringing all of these yeah. programs out into getting their profile and, and linking them to clubs. He was amazing like that. But the, the point is that, that there was opportunities to be had and that yeah. people to be, um, you know, helped and, op, you know, the clubs, I think that the key was that he would talk to clubs and encourage them to get the resources because, you had to get different resources uh, in, involved yeah. and volunteers yep. to be encouraged. And I, I really like that that energy. And it's like women's football. Yep. It's such a growth area. But, it, but it's also the, the, the fact that, again, we, you know, COVID's affecting everything. The, yes, the, it is. The, the Pararoos, yeah. Pararoos haven't played a competitive match since 2019. And mm. So that's going to yeah. be difficult I've, for them I've, walking into the World Cup, uh, you know, with basically well, not quite a new squad. There's a lot of experienced players in there. I mean, we've got Ben Atkins, who's played 72 times. We've got David Barber, who's played 101 times yep. uh, yeah. with 70 Too goals. Many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well, well, I mean, he's, he's banging in goals, basically, you yeah. know. Yeah, wow. Um, well, well, you want to know, because there's a young boy called Connor Bunce from, Con- 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 Bunch, yeah. from Albany. Yeah. yeah. So he's... he's um, you know, he's a superstar and he's only 17. But all of the, uh, you know, you've got Chris Barty, the number one keeper, probably one of the number one keepers in the world. Yep. I think you guys probably know Chris. Um, we do, yep. Yeah. You've got Alessandro. We've got a new young guy who's just, we've just found here in, um, I think he was playing at Ashfield, Noah Bremer. So there's so much potential in WA and, and girls as well, not just the boys. Yeah, yeah. So. Tell us about the resources that would need to be offered to action programs like this at a club if a club was thinking where do I start what do I do well it's to be honest Penny it's no different than starting it it's you just need the you know football is a very easy game to play and you just need a ball really <laughs> and a it. couple of goals and that's, that's it, it. You, know, right? you just it's more you need the people who are willing to put the time and effort in you know yep resources is secondary it's it's about clubs wanting to do it Yep. And I think, you know, sometimes people, clubs, put in a too hard basket, you know what I mean? Like, Football West can only do so much. Yeah. You yes. know, they can administer programs, but, you know, they can't drag coaches and... Yeah. And just learning about these, because yep. you know, um, there's a website, Parafootball, yep. which will list all the different versions of 
you know, football for people with disability. Yep. And, we and had, there's so many pathways for, yep. for these people. We had a bit... You know, you a, Sorry, mate. We had a bit of mine on uh, yes. last week, so he he was very uh, happy to say it, any any questions along these lines. Ring football, West. Yes. I, I ask for a, for a bid, and he'll he'll start pointing you in the yeah. right direction. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and we need. Yeah, to and now, yeah, and we've got a you know football foundation mm. future, which is which is really hard to say, but yeah, <laughs> <football> <laughs> <futures>. <laughs> <laughs> Penny Especially was practicing that as a warm up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, um, you know, they're really so football worth to trying. And as long as people are trying, that's all we can do. There's a young lady, Melissa, you know, you maybe should get her on the show. She's, Melissa Gamina, yeah, we've had her on the show before, yes. Yeah. So we had, they had a football for all sort that's of right. launch last week at Diana. So that's that good. coincided with our Inclusion Solutions United Reds yep. sort of pre-season carnival. And we had the CP guys there. We had blind football. We had the United Reds. We had... All the Dianella kids, we had scratch matches going on, you know, because we got the season starting tomorrow. So, you know, it was just, it was a fantastic day, really. And, and, and so how successful do you, do you think that was for, for the, the forward motion of, of, of this particular version of the sport? Um, well, like there was a, a fair bit of video footage and photos, so mm. all that will be getting, you know, put on social media. Brilliant. So I suppose we won't know for a few weeks. Okay. Um, few, you know. But... If we're getting out there. We're, the clubs are becoming aware. It's, I suppose, it's getting the families who have children with disabilities mm. to take that next step, and and just letting and making clubs let families know that they are friendly and they want to be inclusive, and you know, come and join us. Yeah, you know, it's just that's the message we got to get across. And knowing that the pathways uh, are the same. Uh, Throughout all, all, yeah. all the variation, that, that there is a World Cup. Yeah. You, 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 you yeah. progress yeah. through through your club to your state to your nation yeah. to a World Cup. It, yeah, it's yeah, travel the world. Yeah, travel um, the world. I don't know if you know. We had a and the first one in Australia recently in October. We had, you know, because we normally go over east for the CP um, nationals, so we play all the other states, and that hasn't happened for two years basically yeah. because of COVID. Yes. So, like when you're saying about the Pararoos, that's another factor that mm-hmm. there's. There's been no sort of competitive games for them, really. So, and, um, if, if people want to, if people want to get in contact and find out about all this information, what's the best way to do that? Do they go to a website? Do they call someone? What What do they do? Uh, well, football foundations, football future foundation, well, they've just launched their website. So, all the information you need to know about CP football, blind football, United Reds, and then you've got equal footing ball as well. Don't know if you know guys know about yes, that one. Yes, we do. Yep. Yeah, so that's like hopefully United Reds equal footing ball can be a, like a pathway for United Reds kids who may not be able to progress into the mainstream teams. Yep. So at least there's options for these guys to continue their football journey, you know, and then you've got Special Olympics where they can take that next step. So there is, like Hugh says, there's so many pathways for these guys. Mick- but Football Futures Foundation would be the way to go. Or Mick Owens at Inclusion Solutions just, you know, I'm I'm always available to answer any questions, Penny. Mick, I think we're going to have to get you back at some point to talk more about this because we're just not going to have uh, enough time to get everything that's happening across your plate and and across Western Australia in. But this is really great. I'm really happy to share this information. So thank you for joining us this morning. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us, Penny, letting us get the message out there. And, you know, feel free to come down to any of our para-trainings. We're going to be 
um, hopefully getting some games going or to a United Reds cluster, you know, just come down. Yep, um, yep. we'll share it on our webpage for sure. Okay. Good one. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Mick. Yeah. Thanks, Mick. See you. See you, Penny. See you. Bye. See you. Bye. That was Mick Owens, yep. uh, inclusive football solutions, United Reds, para yep. football, Darnella. Junior Vice President. Yep, the Pararoos are drawn in Group C. They will play World Number Four, Iran, and World Number Six, the USA. And the Para Matildas, who will make their international competition debut at their first ever IFCPF Women's World Cup, are in a pool that features Japan, host nation Spain, the Netherlands, and the US. And if you go to Football Australia, you can support the Pararoos by giving them the gift of a World Cup. You can donate and get a virtual seat at the World Cup, and that's a great way to, to help them because, you know, it, it's a, an area of the the sport that misses out on the exposure. And as um, as Neil was saying, we've, we're seriously lacking in, in some genuine exposure. Um, Neil, Neil was saying, Neil was saying uh, earlier on that, um, yeah, it's a publicity. But, yeah, you can, you can do that. And it's hashtag Pararoos, hashtag undefeated. Go Pararoos and the Paramatildas. Sensational. Bring it all on. We're going to go straight to our next guest, which is um, Derek Pollock. And I'm going to say local football pundit. How does that sound, Derek? <laughs> pundit. Uh, pundit. That's all right. <laughs> well, what would you prefer? What's your preferred title for the radio? Uh, Derek Pollock. <laughs> <laughs> and introducing Derek Pollock to talk about everything we haven't talked about so far. What's top of the list for Derek Pollock today in the football world? Uh, oh, well, I mean, big night in the EPL um, tonight where um, Everton, who for a long time we have sort of said um, are too good to go down, no, they're not. Uh, could possibly move into the relegation zone no, they're this not. weekend. They're gone. They're gone. <laughs> I can't wait. That West Brom Everton game is going to be beautiful. You know, for, for many times we were talking about Newcastle being the richest club in the championship. No, it's going to be Everton. Mashiri has spent a half a billion dollars to get his side relegated. That is sensei. I like that. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I mean, it's basically, it's, no, it's very much like a, a case of, like, if Man United wasn't a super club, yeah. um, is it, it would be Everton. <laughs> so, you know, decades of, of, of no planning, yep. no coherent philosophy, uh, leaping from one one strategy to another. Well, I, don't, I think it's pretty bold to call it a strategy. From one um, idea to another. Yep. yep. Um, is, yeah, it's just, it's 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 really um, reaping the rewards or reaping what they've sown, shall I say. Exactly right. Over 10 years of, of just no plan. I know a few Everton fans and uh, good luck in that championship because it's a, it's a car crash of a, of a league. It's a, yeah. Uh, when, when I think also, um, good, when you say good luck to the championship, to them in the championship as well. Um, if I mean again, they, they could very easily win the next three games and stay up. I doubt oh. it, but they could. <laughs> <laughs> could, but you know, I think you know, I, you know, even I think going to the championship will be massively problematic for them because if you look at their main shirt sponsor expires at the end of this season, so they're not going to get anything close to what they want for that. Um, they've got a, a significant number of players on yep. massive wages, yes. and from what I've read. Almost none of them have relegation none wage them. drop clauses. So they them. have players that they probably can't sell on wages on you know good 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 Premier League wages. Yeah, yeah. Playing in the Championship, uh, I mean it's it's a recipe for a, it's possibly a recipe for a Sunderland Mark Two really. Well, Wolves Wolves did the same thing. Wolves um, didn't sign when they went down. Uh, they didn't 
put relegation clauses in and uh, knowing, as most people do, I'm a West Brom fan, speaking to Wolves fans, go, yeah, yeah, we'll be out of this division next year. Yeah, they were. They went down the trap door. They, they dropped down a division. Like you said, Sunderland were the same. Don't yeah, Wolves and Sunderland um, definitely put paid to the idea that this, the championship is a hard division to get out of. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> it's easy to get out of. <laughs> you just got to be going upwards, not downwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so it's... it's, it's it's trouble, troubling times at the moment for Everton and very much hard seems to have done, yeah, not done his reputation any favours. No, no. So the Liverpool-City game, well, City-Liverpool, if you get it in the right order there, Huey, um, that's going to be a crackerjack game, hey? Yeah, I think I mean, I think that would be the title decider, really, that you can't see either team dropping many points outside of that game. Um, and so whoever wins that, I feel, will be... Well, if City win, I think it's definitely the title to lose because six points clear um, is, is almost insurmountable at this point. Yeah. Um, but if Liverpool win, then it's not quite title over. No. Nope. Um, but, I mean, but almost. Yep. And the game last night, you want to touch on that? Uh, you know, West Brom legend uh, Chris Wood scores for Newcastle United to keep them absolutely 100% in the Premier League? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't think... I, I saw a post this morning about... Um, that keeps them up, and I just totally forgot that they were even in relegation. <laughs> that they'd been in relegation trouble at any point this season because they've just been out of the conversation for so long. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know that, that's how quickly things change. So you know, in three weeks, we could have forgotten that Everton were ever in, in trouble. But again, I doubt it. <laughs> but yeah, so Newcastle have shown, and what? Yeah, I think actually Newcastle. To be fair, I actually really like to be fair what they've done. I mean, I, I have massive problems with where the money has come from and, and what the yeah, money is, but, um, but what they've actually done with the money, I think, has been just really, really intelligent. They've not over, massively overspent for anyone. They've not gone and, and sort of gone to the bank and taken out mortgages for, for a whole new team. They've integrated a handful of players mm. who could do a really good job for them in the next two or three years, um, and they've, you know, they've got them on relatively um, comfortable um, payments, yeah, and they've still got enough money yeah. to then go and sign the players that they need to to push on to the next level in yeah. the summer. Yeah, I think that ownership group was a bit twitchy when they uh, when they took over and saw exactly where they were in the in the in the table and went, uh, let's just hold off before we splash the cash because uh, as we'll see when everything, but, uh, but it, everything goes. Uh, yeah. But it would be it would it would have been so easy just oh, yeah. to go on right right boys so you're over the back of the truck let's just get everyone in you know what's that fifty million we'll say seventy five yeah, you know yeah, yeah. It, it would have been so easy to do that and but instead they, yeah they 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 made you know Trippier will do an absolute job next season Kumarash yes. great player for next season yep. um, Dan Byrne will do a job yep. um, Chris Wood will do a job yep. and he is probably he's a player that I reckon a lot of really good teams could have or could need as a bit of a plan B. You know, like a Man City, if if plan A just isn't working and plan B isn't working, bring Chris Wood off the bench yeah, and just, yeah. you know, lump in some crosses. You're talking to the... He, he was actually developed by West Brom Albion, so, you know, I know all about Chris Wood, don't you worry about that. Uh, the guy's an absolute goddamn legend. I wish he was still with us, but never mind. Move so, on. So, uh, what's the Chelsea situation looking like at the moment, Derek? Oh, good call. Well, Chelsea, yeah, very, very worrying for Chelsea fans. I yeah. mean, it it looks like they could possibly be, be purchased, in which case there's no worry for Chelsea fans at all. Um, but it's getting, it's April, so it's getting, yeah. getting very close to May, and they've only been given a license to operate until May. And at this point, a lot of players um, will probably at this point be wondering, are, are we, is there any danger we might not be getting paid this season? Because... They're, they're not allowed to sell anything. They're not allowed to 
buy anything. They, they can't renew any contracts. They've got basically their, their entire back line outside of Reese James and Ben Jewell, um coming out of, out of contract wow. at the end of the season. They can't legally buy a new contract for them at this point. But, so, but hang on you know, a sec. Isn't, isn't that because the, the EPL league finishes at the end of May, right? So everything's done and dusted yeah. by mm-hmm. then. And then if they get a new owner, then that all changes. It because, does. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if, as soon as they get a new owner, yeah. then it, you know it's back to normal. They can find whoever they want. They can sell whatever they want, whoever they want. But the problem is, if they don't, get, if the purchase doesn't go through, um, because they've only they've only allowed to exist at the moment until May, and so if May comes closer and the sale hasn't gone through, um, which I think it will, but if it hasn't, um, then the government has to grant them an extension for them to keep existing as a club. Yeah. Um, and if that, that, yeah. if that looks like it might not happen, that might just be a fire sale on players. Yeah, and Abramovich has yeah. just bought a club in uh, in Turkey, so he's he's set. He's he's off. He set. has. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he, you know, as much as he he loves Chelsea and he's you know he, he's put his wallet where his uh, so, where so his that, passion is, he's he's moved on. Thank you very much. And See they you don't later. Have I'm any off. Sanctions over there for. Apparently Same not. things. Interesting. No, no, he, yeah. Yeah. no they're probably on a different political well, spectrum yeah. over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going down that wormhole either. Okay. Yeah, many pol- different political realities in Turkey. <laughs> so most of the um, European or all of the European and English leagues, etc., would have been finished to um, enable the amazing teams that are coming over for the tour in um, May, June and July, Derek. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Barcelona. I mean, the Barcelona one is is puzzling though because mm. the date that's been given is about four days after they play their final game. But after Barcelona's final game, twenty fifth of May. Yeah, mm. they play one on I think the twenty first or twenty second. The VRL in the final game of the league. Okay, Whoa. well, four days is enough to so, recover after a you know celebratory twenty four yeah. hours, I guess. Yeah, celebratory if they oh, yeah. um, keep their improvement going and finish in the top four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they've had a tough time too, haven't they? I mean, when they... They've had, yeah, an extraordinarily different, difficult time. Yeah, yeah. How do you... What's your take on Messi moving to PSG? Uh, there's, there's a lot more questions, I think, than we've had answers for lately um, because, it, you know, Barcelona talked a good game about how much they wanted to keep him, but I don't think they actually did in, in reality because they had all of these players that they couldn't register until they'd sold all these players but then within about a week of Messi moving on about three players had, had renegotiated their contracts with the club um, so that all of these new players could be registered and it just seemed very suspicious timing and I think yeah they might have just said look we just find fair play just isn't going to be a reality. Yeah, no, here. Let's yeah, just move him on. Yeah, La Liga had uh, have, have some very uh, restrictive um, practices in their in the contract. So when Messi said, "I'll, I'll take a ninety percent pay cut yeah. to stay here," La Liga said, "Well, no. I think the maximum pay cut he could have uh, legally taken, I think, was about forty percent, which still had him." Well, I don't, no, I don't think they could have been. I don't think there would have been a, a legal maximum pay cut because he was out of contract he had no he had didn't have a contract anymore. No, no, he was a free agent signing yeah, no it goes to the last the last registered contract right okay, La Liga. okay. and he's like yeah you're right he right, was at, he okay, was out yeah. of contract which allowed him to to then be able to, to freely move to PSG but yeah that 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 legal quandary that you know I mean Barcelona took on the the the, the Spanish Federation to go come on this is this is 
restrictive. And they went, yeah, well, unlucky. You know, that, that's, yeah. that, 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 that's the regulations that you're playing under. And his Sorry, last spend con- a billion pounds on rubbish plays that yeah. time. Yeah, that's right. His last contract was astronomical. You can't, you can't take it down to minimal. And landing in yeah. the PSG space, has it worked for him? Uh, well, I mean, I think there's no there's no real argument that it has yeah. this season. It, it might going forward, but it, it very clearly hasn't yet. Um, but PSG, I think, needs they need another club. There's a lot of clubs out there at the moment that don't seem to have any really coherent long term strategy, and PSG is definitely one of them. You know, let's get three players that do absolutely no work whatsoever off the ball, and let's try and win yeah. the Champions League, defending with. Nine players. Let's how yeah. is that going to work? Yeah. Um, and to be fair, they almost did it. You know, they they if if Messi had scored that penalty and Mbappe had scored that other very very horrible chance, then yeah. they would have been through. Just for the listeners out there, the um, this is the next couple of months of football here in Australia with the amazing tours that are coming. The uh, Isuzu Ute A League finals are May thirteenth. Then the A-League All-Stars play Barcelona, May 25. And then the A-League Grand Final is May 28. Sorry, sorry, on May 13, the finals start, okay? So then July 15, Manchester United versus Melbourne Victory. July 19, Manchester United versus Crystal Palace. And then the Sydney Super Cup. What is the Sydney Super Cup in November? Is that the one with Celtic? That's the Celtic. That might be the one, yeah. Is that that still going to be the... We have Celtic and the Rangers, but now doesn't. Rangers... uh, (laughs) Well, I've seen a little bit of uh, uh, a doubt being thrown on that one that Rangers aren't likely to be coming. Is have you heard anything uh, different than that? Oh, have they not? I thought they had officially pulled out of it. Yeah. Okay, that's why. Yeah, Celtic yeah, played an absolute yeah. marketing marketing masterstroke on that one, marketing as Andrew's homecoming tour and getting everybody excited about Celtic coming and then Rangers being this sort of support act, which yeah. <laughs> did not go down massively well in the <laughs> south and west of Glasgow. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, you know, when you live in the shadow of uh, certain teams, you uh, it takes the time to see the sun again. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Um, it'd be great to see... Um, Ange coaching a team back in Australia. I think he's been a pretty crafty coach. Everywhere he's gone, I, I feel he's left at the time that he's been comfortable, not mm. dictated by circumstances around him. I really like oh, that. Particularly as a Japan. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah, they didn't want him to go. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree to an extent. I mean, I think he left out of his own accord at Socceroos, but um, I think if he hadn't have been sort of crucified by the media at every opportunity, he might have stayed a bit longer. And I think, you know, we probably don't deserve him to have stayed a bit longer, but it would have been good to see him there. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Derek, uh, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for your time, as always, and um, knowledge. Really do appreciate yeah. that. And uh, next time it'll be Derek Pollock talking football. Yep. <laughs> yeah. With, ev- with Everton really relegated. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Good Thanks, you, Derek. Derek. <laughs> as always, he does a great job talking yeah. everything. So what's on your table for football this weekend, Hugh. You got some nighttime football happening for EPL or European football? No, no? sleep. No, it's been, as I said, uh, off air, it's been... (laughs) A busy (laughs) week for you? It's just been mental at work uh, lately, so no, I hadn't planned any. Um, I'll probably tune in, if I can, to the the City Liverpool game just to... just to have a sticky beat. We've got superstars throughout that, those two squads. Supposedly two of the best managers the world's ever seen. I'll argue that uh, they're not, but that's just because they're not coaching my time. Ah, so. uh, there you go. <laughs> you know, Super Pep, what's he won at Man City? Not much. 
Well, I will say a um, well done to all the coaches that have got all their teams ready for the season. Yes. Um, leading into all the junior fixes that are starting this weekend. And good luck. Have mm. fun because junior football should be all about the fun and as some pathways said, and some the ambition base. there as well. But uh, keep smiling and have fun. Get out there and enjoy the weather if it stays fantastic. Or if it doesn't, man, just put your raincoat on. Raincoat. Have it. a spare kit in the car. Yeah. It's what you know, winter and football and all that <laughs> kind of stuff brings. Thank you for listening in, everybody. Len and the Bags Groove is up next with jazz music. This is the World Football Program signing out. And next week, your next team will be back in from 10 to 12 talking football. See ya. Bye. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.